It's here in the city. It's here in the city. This is here in the city. This is here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris. I'm Sarah Harris. New message. Truth should be truth. But then it depends on, in the telling, whose truth is it. We're here most Tuesdays, bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape and mapping the city with voices of creative social change in and around Los Angeles. On Pacifica Radio, powered by the people, thanks to the generous support of you, our listeners, the capable crew at KPFK, the innovators of web-based radio at SoundCloud, news you might have missed at newsdesk.org, and the community-funded reporting project, Spot Us. You can find us on the web at here in the city. That's H-E-A-R in the city.org. You have two new voice messages and 12 saved messages. New message. Hi, Sarah. This is Patrick. I'm calling to tell you about a ride we're having this Friday called Midnight Riders, number 99, They Live. This is going to be a bike ride and subliminal art show inspired by the cult classic movie They Live, Occupy Everywhere, and Sick La Via. And we're basically going to be doing a scavenger hunt looking for subliminal artworks hidden in plain sight around downtown L.A. So uh, we hope to see you out there and um, let, your, uh, let your audience know. Thanks. Taken the hearts and minds of our leaders. They have recruited the rich and the powerful, and they have blinded us to the truth. The main character is played by a, a former pro wrestler named Roddy Roddy Piper, and it was filmed in the 80s. The director is John Carpenter, and basically he's like a working. Um, there's the economy is really depressed, and he moves to Los Angeles to find work, and. Along the way, he discovers this box of sunglasses, and when he puts them on, he sees that um, there's all these subliminal messages that are being hidden in the TV, the radio, in the, um, in the billboards. And he also sees that some of the people that he is interacting with are not human, that they're actually these like space aliens that, that look kind of like zombies. You know, and then it turns into this action-adventure thing where him and his buddies, like, shoot all the aliens and stuff and try to, like, have this revolution. The human spirit is corrupted. Why do we worship greed? Because outside the limit of our sight, feeding off us, perched on top of us from birth to death, are our owners. Our owners. They have us. They control us. They are our masters. Wake up. They're all about you, all around you. Hey, sir. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. Um, do you have a second? I do. Oh, good. I listened to your message. Um, so what does that movie have to do with um, Occupy LA, Occupy Everywhere, and riding bicycles in the city? Well, when, when I saw the movie, um, 
and this, I saw it for the first time about six months ago, and it was kind of right in the middle of the height of kind of like Occupy Everywhere, Occupy Wall Street, Occupy LA. And I was just really struck by the themes that the people in the movie were talking about. Um, the, the preacher like was talking about some of the economic conditions that existed um, during uh, Reaganomics, and it just seemed like such a direct parallel to a lot of the same you know, complaints and critiques that, that people in the Occupy Everywhere movement were making about the structure of the U.S. economy. And it was also really striking to me that, you know, because they had filmed the whole movie in downtown L.A., you know, the preacher is out preaching in front of City Hall, which at that very moment, um, this was in November, was currently like a, a campground for Occupy L.A. So that it just kind of like it all seemed to, to, to sort of relate to me. And then, and then I started thinking, you know, about Midnight Riders as like a form of occupation of the street. So Midnight Riders is having uh, their 99th ride in Los Angeles. That's a big deal. Yeah, um, it's been, um, I mean, the first few were like weekly or bi-monthly, but really since maybe like the fourth or fifth ride, it's been, um, it's been a monthly ride. And it's been going on for, um, I guess, almost seven years now. And what's the what's the whole point of Midnight Riders? Well, Midnight Riders is really just kind of a way to show people that it's really fun to ride a bike in Los Angeles. Um, a lot of people have heard of critical mass. And critical mass is seen by a lot of people as like some sort of a political movement or as a protest. And Midnight Riders kind of responded to that by saying, well, we're not a protest, we're a party. And this is something, you know, we don't want to make people mad. We want to like make people happy to see people having fun on bikes. Patrick, thank you so much. Uh, We'll send people to Midnight Riders website through ours so that they can find out the when and where of this Friday's event. Yeah, fantastic. I'm going to try and have all that information. Um, we're we're going to make a final decision on that and, the, and get that set um, probably by, um, yeah, by Wednesday or Thursday. You might have read or heard about the documentary that's coming out at the end of this month called Bully. And the director, Lee Hirsch, who's been in a political battle trying to get a PG-13 rating for the film, the MPAA gave it an R rating, which means that students and children most affected by bullying won't be able to see it unless they go with an adult. At the beginning of the year, here in the city, was thrilled to be selected by Generation PRX, which is a national youth radio network, to participate in a one-hour radio special about bullying that will be aired on stations around the United States. And on today's show, I'm going to be playing an interview that we did with one of the foremost bullying intervention and prevention specialists, Holly Brebe-Diaz. She's at the Los Angeles Unified School District headquarters. And from Oscar Rodriguez and Rene Ayala, who are two very talented youth producer reporters from Roosevelt High School. They introduced my interview with Holly Prevedias at LAUSD. I went and I actually talked to her for them in their stead. They were in class at the time. Um, but 
basically this show is about a dialogue that they have with what Ms. Diaz has to say about just how serious bullying really is in schools. Hi, my name is Rene Ayala. And I am Oscar Rodriguez. We are seniors at Roosevelt High School. Which is 95% Latino. Or more. And some people at our school wouldn't even acknowledge that bullying is a problem. So Rene and I have been thinking about how we define bullying and we realized that the definition is more complex than we first thought when we started doing the story. So we asked a bunch of different people how they define bullying. Hello. How Good, how are you? Okay. I'm going to the 24th floor. Okay, go get checked in over on the far side, please. Thank you. Um, my name is Holly Preby Diaz, and we are at um, the Central Office of Human Relations in downtown Los Angeles in, um, at LA Unified School District. Here you go. Our producer brought some of our questions to Holly's office downtown. My job is basically is to provide safety programs for schools, especially uh, bullying prevention programs, making sure that we are keeping our kids safe, that students know the importance of respect and responsibility, that not only about bullying but about intergroup relations. We help to bridge the gaps between different cultures. My students wanted to talk about this, the culturally, how do you define what bullying is when you have such a diverse student body as you do in Los Angeles? Yes, that's a, that's a good question. How do you define bullying? Um, basically, bullying is any type of physical or, or it could be emotional aggression that's done on purpose to someone to cause them physical, emotional, or mental uh, harm. And so it takes very various forms. It could be physical. It could be verbal. It could be cyber. It could be electronic where people are hurting each other. It could be that you're doing it with the intention to also embarrass or to humiliate someone. And so oftentimes it's an imbalance of power. And um, many times the victim or what we call the target, maybe their perception is that the person is hurting them when the person who's doing the bullying says, well, we were just kidding. We were just joking. That's how we play around. But if the target feels that they are being ridiculed or hurt on purpose, then th we need to intervene and say, hey, that needs to stop. That, that could be bullying. That may be bullying because not everyone defines bullying the same way. And, and that's a real problem, not only here in Los Angeles, but just nationwide is that, you know, how do, how do families define bullying? And you know, what's, what may be bullying to one person isn't bullying to another. And they may say, well, we're, you know, we're just kidding around. That's how we play. Um, so we have a, a big job to make sure that everyone understands what respectful treatment is. And um, How do you teach empowerment to kids who are being bullied? Okay, well, teaching kids to be empowered is, is a process. It's not something that you can do in just a, a one-day training. It, it's something that it's a comprehensive approach that you really need to, one, find out in, on an individual basis, how do they cope with stress? How do they problem solve? So these are things that we don't necessarily always teach in our schools. You know, we're real good about teaching students about reading and writing and preparing them for college, but we don't teach them about how do you maintain a happy, healthy relationship. Um, so that's the struggle because schools are in a place at this point that there's no time in the instructional day 
to really teach students about apologizing, teaching students about being empathetic towards your fellow man. And some students who are bullies, I know they have themselves been bullied also. Oh, absolutely. We see um, bullying behavior is really a learned behavior. It's a We know that students who bully usually have been hurt from someone. They've been picked on by maybe older siblings or maybe um, in their past there was maybe some history of bullying. Parents, we know that where there's domestic violence or child abuse in the home, that sometimes those students who are victims in the home uh, will lash out. And so we do know that there's a strong correlation between violence that they experience and then turning around and being a bully themselves. And then we also learn, and research shows time and time again, that people who are victims of bullying, they grow up and that that behavior continues. And so we see it in domestic violence. You see it in in child abuse cases uh, and another and a variety of other violent types of crimes. So bullying just doesn't stop when you graduate or leave school. It's a paradigm that continues on throughout life if you don't stop and recognize the behavior right away. And what what could possibly be done then for the bullies themselves? I mean, are there different initiatives that um, that teachers and students are working on to just change that whole like culture of when these moments happen to do things about them? Yeah, you know, really one of the main things that I think kids who do a lot of the bullying Things that they can do, sometimes counseling is really a really great way to kind of do a self-assessment just to kind of find out what's wrong with what's going on in my head, what's going on in my life, that why is it that I have to hurt people to feel empowered, to have a friend, to be popular? You know, why do I have to bully to 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 be okay with myself? And so counseling is a great way for students to kind of learn more about themselves, to learn how to change their behavior. And then also um, there are programs that have existed in the past. You know, they're very scarce these days, but those social skills that teach students about empathy. And would an example be something like gay-straight alliances in oh, schools? Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Gay-straight alliances, getting involved in different programs, uh, meeting new people, find out, get involved. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, different resources on the websites. The federal government has uh, Stop Bullying Now. There are other websites, um, even visiting our website, thehumanrelations.lausd.net. We have a variety of resources on there. Um, L.A. County Human Relations Commission, um, the Gay Straight Alliance uh, Club Project 10, Trevor Project. There's a variety of different organizations that are out there in L.A. County and abroad that where students can get involved. And how serious is bullying, Holly? Is it, um, you know, why is there a specific uh, officer program that deals with bullying in LAUSD. Okay, why is it? Because basically what we know is one in every seven children, uh, nationwide uh, studies saying that most kids feel um, that they've been bullied or targeted in schools. And we know that when students don't feel safe, they don't do well in school. So there's a direct correlation. Students are more likely to miss school um, there are more, uh, what we know is 160,000 students miss school every day out of fear of being 
uh, hurt or teased or targeted in any way from bullying. We know that two-thirds of all school shootings have been directly correlated to unresolved bullying. Very serious. And so the, the research and the data is startling that we know that um, even losing one life, a child, you know, to suicide is too much. And so we, this is urgent. This is, you know, there's no time like the present to make sure that we're continuously working about how do we keep our students safe and helping them to be um, responsible citizens in our schools. By the time you're in high school, it's called something different. So it's like punking or dissing or mad dogging, mad, or mad dogging, or right? Drama. Or I drama. mean, to play it down, right? So what does that do in, in terms of what kids understand is appropriate and isn't appropriate and what they just feel comfortable with or not comfortable with by the time they're in high school if they're already, as you said, they've like sorted it out in a different way in their own minds? Mm, yeah, they, um, you, you know, basically by the time kids hit high school, they pretty much have developed a pattern of behaviors about or habits about how their problems solve. And, and they've made some decisions about, you know, how they're going to uh, pretty much what, what they want for their lives. And so at this point, by high school, students are a little bit more sophisticated. Their brains have developed a little bit more than, you know, they look like adults, but they're not necessarily adults yet. There's still a lot of growing and learning, and we forget that as adults. We forget, and we look at a student, and we say, gosh, you know, you have a, a mustache, or you look like you're fully developed. You know, you should know better. Well, on the outside, students look like grown-ups. But on the inside, their brains still have not yet fully developed. And so there is still a lot of room to educate and teach them and, and listen to them. We don't listen to kids enough. Um, very interesting. One of the things I did a show recently with a group of teenagers and high schoolers, and one of the number one things that they said is that I, when I asked the question, what can adults do to help, they said, listen to us. We just want adults to listen. Adults are so busy telling us what to do that they're not listening. And also we want adults to take us seriously. So that's a, that's a strong message for, I think, all adults, anyone in the education field, is that don't be, um, don't be discouraged by the way they look. You know, they look like grown-ups. And by the language they use, just know that we're, we, we're here to educate and teach them and I don't know, be as supportive as possible. I don't know. Well, Holly Previdias, thank you so much. Yeah. Anytime I can help. You're listening to Here in the City. I am your host, Sarah Harris. We'll be back. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. 93.7 FM in San Diego and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. An archive and a podcast of our shows is at Here in the City, that's H E A R in the City.org. And at KPFK.org, you can like us on Facebook if you like. And visit us at our website, Here in the City.org. And follow us on Twitter. So last year, federal education policy folks took a look at how bullying has been reported 
And they put out a study. They figured out that teachers intervene in only 14% of classroom bullying incidents. So that means 86% of the time that something's happening in the classroom, teachers just don't do anything. Oscar and Rene listened really carefully to what Holly Diaz was saying, and that sparked a whole conversation for them about the gap that exists between bullying in the minds of teachers and administrators and bullying in the way that it plays out in hallways and on the schoolyard, in the lunchroom, and in the classroom in high school. So the two of them filed this report for PRX and for Here in the City from Roosevelt High School's School for Communication, New Media, and Technology. I'm Oscar Rodriguez here, top of the T building, second floor, with George Estrada. I'm a student at Roosevelt High School, CNMT. And I'm an 11th grader. Well, like when I was a kid, when they would bully me, I would hate it. But like I, I kind of think like them bullying me as a kid, like it's weird. I think it kind of made me tough. And they, they don't really bully me, me anymore because like I'm tougher than they are and stronger now. This is Rene. I wouldn't necessarily say that it makes you tougher. If anything, it makes you conform to to like bullying standards. What I think is that he got used to the bullying. He doesn't look, he doesn't see it as bullying anymore, even if it, if someone else would say it is. Pretty much like Holly says, that by the time you get to high school, you think it's normal already because you see it, you see it as a way of being with friends and everything. In middle school is where it peaks. It's where bullying is is the toughest. Where we have known uh, research has shown that middle school age is is the the hardest. By high school, the students probably don't call it bullying anymore. They call it punking, dissing, uh, a variety of other things. They don't call it bullying, but the behavior is still the same. Punking, in my opinion, is when you point out a specific characteristic or in order to make fun of someone. Sometimes uh, punking can get too far. For example, um, back in my freshman year, my friends used to make fun of uh, how big my nose was. And I used to look in the mirror and ask myself, uh, what can I do to get rid of this nose? I wasn't. I didn't really like it, and uh, people started calling me Toucan Sam. And there was a point when the jokes got old. I, at that point, I just accepted my name as Toucan, spelled with the number two, the letter K, and A N. This is Oscar again. I think that what Renette did, did is very smart for the reason that he used what the name they gave him, Toucan. He lightened it up. He's all like, well. I don't like that name, but let me pimp out my name. There are subtle things. Kids can just come with little smart little comebacks that are not necessarily disrespectful, but that sends a message that, hey, I heard you. I don't really like that. But you know what? It's cool. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to cause problems, but um, I'm just letting you know, you know, I don't think that's cool. And you wouldn't like it if somebody did it to you. That's Holly Priyavadias. But to stay quiet, to stay silent, sends a bigger message that, um, Maybe I am too afraid, and you can continue to pick on me. Let's go to the spot where a group of friends hang out during lunch and the break. Is there some sort of spying device? 
Well, usually, um, once everybody's there, like done eating their nutrition, their lunch, whatever, we and it gets boring. So what we do, we usually we form a little circle, and then something's bound to happen. If someone says something with our friends, someone's eventually gonna say something back. They're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, well this and this," and then it goes back and forth like you were debating. I told your mother she's gay. <laughs> At times, it can get too far. When it gets too far, we know who has crossed the boundary. Because um, we don't really like kick anybody out. Uh, we do let them know subtly when they've crossed that line. For example, one way, like if some someone did cross the line, we joke around by saying, "Oh, dude, that's too far. Oh, man, you shouldn't say that." Oh, and we just joke around with that. Then there's the other scenario when somebody mentions something on a broad topic that could affect everyone. What we usually do is an awkward silence. Like that wasn't funny. We all stay quiet. No one laughs, right? So because of that, the person, I, in my perspective, I know that the person um, got that message of the awkward silence, and that awkward silence means don't mess with that. Okay, uh, my name is Rene Ayala, and I'm outside of the R building next to the fountain, and I'm here with Cynthia Gonzalez. I'm a student organizer for Roosevelt High School. When we make fun of others or when we put someone else down, it's a sign of fear. It's a sign that you yourself are intimidated by that person or you just have like self-hatred and you express it through actions and through words. For the bullies, what do you think should be their punishment or consequences? I definitely feel that there should be consequences, but not to the extreme of like zero tolerance policies or, you know, the iron fist that usually we use when it comes to bullying. I think when it comes down to the real problem, it's a more psychological and it depends on the environment that the bully or bullied lives on. So I feel like through therapy, through student peer counseling, or you know, through any type of conversation, we can actually get to the root of the problem of why that person's bullying and then attack the problem through there. There are programs that have existed in the past. You know, they're very scarce these days, but those social skills that teach students about empathy, that is a skill that you can teach. You can teach people to imagine putting yourself in someone else's shoes. How would it feel if that were me? We don't have a psychiatrist at school that could talk to these people anymore. I mean, because of the budget cuts, they had to lay her off. So, I mean, if we don't have a psychiatrist, we don't have these programs, who do we turn to? And I think the reasonable answer is we turn to the students because as teenagers, we follow each other. I mean, we already follow trends, so the, the possibility of us setting an example is, like, really high. For Here in the City and Generation PRX, this is Rene Ayala. This is Oscar Rodriguez. Today's show on bullying is the result of dynamic guidance from Miss Katie Talarski at WNPR in Connecticut and Miss Jones Franzel at Generation PRX. You can visit more bullying stories from youth radio producers at generationprx.org and on our website hereinthecity.org. And that's it for our show today. Special thanks to Jesse Lerner, Luis Sierra Campos, Tandis Moshimurenga, Daniela Gerson, Sabiha Khan, Albert Chacon, Rachel Salmon, Will Coley, Holly Harper, Anne Marie Ruff, and to you, our listeners. Oh, and one last tidbit. 
They say love turns to right, but I'm gonna give him all I got when you showed up at that spot. I almost threw up on the spot, and I wish I had another hole to get. These drugs they are making me so sad. So this is a tremendously talented musician who also happens to be an old friend. Her name is Erica Anderson, but she is better known as Emma, her initials. And she came through town this weekend, and I missed her, but she performed at the Natural History Museum's first Fridays in the Great Mammal Hall among the taxidermed bisons, wolves, and bighorn sheep. We'll leave the show on that note. Peace. This night.